Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Serena Morell has a niche private practice in the Silicon Valley area of California. Although she's only been in private practice for a few months, she has big dreams and she's going for them. Serena is one of the students in my program, the Start Your Private Practice System, and it's been wonderful to watch her build her private practice from scratch so that she can serve populations that she feels passionately about. Whether you've been interested in starting a private practice for a long time or you're just getting into it, listen to this whole interview because Serena is just a few steps ahead of you. If you decide to take action and start, her story could be your story. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech-language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system. And I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life and finally get the freedom, flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place, so let's get started. Quick question, which populations do you really enjoy working with? What kinds of clients light you up and allow you to do your best work? For me, it's always been adults with aphasia and mild cognitive deficits. For Serena, it's pediatric feeding, especially complex cases and also AAC users. Because working in a school setting didn't allow her to work with the complex feeding kids that she loved, she decided to start her own private practice to serve that specific population. So my question to you is, what populations do you love working with? What populations allow you to do your best work and help them make the most amount of progress? Which continuing ed courses can you not get enough of because you love that clinical population so much? And now ask yourself, are you serving enough of those people in your current setting? Are you in a position that allows you to make the difference that you want to make? Or let's say you are working with your preferred population or populations. Are you able to deliver as much therapy as they need? Are you able to deliver the exact type of therapy they need? Or are there limitations on how you can do your work? Limitations on the clinical population. If other people who aren't SLPs 
are making decisions about frequency, service delivery models, and more on behalf of your clients, that is a recipe for burnout. Private practice is a great way to take control of who you serve and how you serve them. Serena saw the signs of burnout and decided instead to get fired up about starting her own private practice, and you can too. As you listen to this episode, think about what Serena says about her private practice and her plans for the future, because, well, she's got some, and I can't wait to watch her grow. So with no further ado, let me introduce you to Serena. So before we dive in, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your private practice? Yes. Hi, everybody. My name is Serena Merle. I am in California in the San Francisco Bay Area, Silicon Valley area. And my private practice is called the Airplane Spoon. Which I absolutely love the name of your practice. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you chose that name? Thank you. Yes. I love it. I actually get some people that say, you know, I love I love the name of your practice. And that's exactly what I was hoping for. I actually on my website have a behind the name video link because there could be a lot of interpretations. And so I think that first association we have of thinking of an infant and a child, I mean, an infant and their parent and the parent is feeding and how do I get the food into the child's mouth if they're not so interested or distracted is, okay, here comes the airplane, Ah, open up. And that beautiful, positive connection of parent and child is really what is the driving force behind my private practice and, and creating this, you know, positive interaction and empowered parents that they feel like, yes, I know how to support my child. And then also airplanes is like world travel and I'm a world traveler myself and I continue to think about future growth and expansion and, and world applications of my company and my knowledge. And, um, and spoons, I think, are awesome because it's one of those universal utensils you can find in all different cultures. And uh, I think that connects us. And so I thought of it. And then I said, yeah, it works perfectly. And I went with it. <laughs> I love that so much. It's interesting. That is a naming your private practice is one of the things that a lot of SLPs get hung up on, right? Yeah. Because people tend to think, oh, I need the perfect name, right? Because there are so many places that have like either like a fun, cute name or a clever name, or just sort of like, you know, Cleveland speech and language or, or whatever, right? Or the name of whoever the person is, right? There's mm-hmm. lots of options to pick a name. But I think a lot of SLPs really struggle to find a name that they really like um, and also that isn't already taken. Right. And so when you hear, you know, about a company like yours with like such a cool name and then to hear the story behind it um, was for me really cool. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Yeah, I, I like it, too. It, it keeps growing on me and I feel more and more convinced that it was the right name for me. Perfect. So my first question, before we dive into learning more about like how, you know, your, your practice and everything, can you take us back to like earlier in your career as an SLP and share anything that might've like shaped you into the person you are today, the business owner, private practitioner you are today? Yeah. Well, thanks for that question, Jenna. I think 
for me, whenever I think about my growth, there's all these different adventures. And sometimes I feel like I'm a hundred years old because (laughs) I've done so many different things because when I was an undergrad, I knew I wanted to be an SLP and to go to grad school, but I wasn't ready to go to grad school right away. And I decided to take off some time. I actually went to South America and I lived in Ecuador uh, for three years and then moved to San Diego area and lived there for three years before I decided to go back to grad school. And so all of the experiment experiences and life, you know, gave me all this insight of how to work and how to live and interactions and all these different cultural situations that were completely different from what I had lived before. And then in grad school, I I struggled sometimes and I kept feeling like I was not, I haven't been a student in so many years. (laughs) And to go back and to be on that side of the desk because I taught was was challenging for me. But to think, no, you know, I, I was accepted here for a reason and what everything I bring is is adding to the program and and is valuable so to have to re find that and to assure myself that I was deserving of being there and to be part of the program but I've always been a go-getter and love putting myself out there and I'm very extroverted and I uh, dabbled in some acting as in my early <laughs> in high school and early college career as well and so I just like to to be fun and and to have all these different interactions with people and so you know even as a CF I worked in early intervention um right after graduating and it was home based I loved it and our main SLP direct or you know head of our SLP department step down. And as a CF, you know, I said, Oh, I I can step up into this position. And so I took that on. I feel like for me thinking about growth and leadership of how can I continue to contribute, but then also continue to grow and challenge myself has always been essential to who I am as an individual and as a professional. I love that so much. And so that's really cool. So at what point did you start thinking about starting a private practice? Probably even from my first job, feeling like there were some things that I would like to do differently and then to run into these barriers or limitations, um, either with funding or availability or time constraints and so much of what goes into the job obviously needs to be how to make money. And so I get, you know, billing and all that stuff. But when it feels like it takes away from the essence of the impact that you're supposed to do, then that can, I think, light a fire in some people. And and then, you know, how do we fuel that fire is really that burnout. You know, I think that's a good analogy there because when we burn out, you know, that fire is gone. Um, And for me, driving that into what can I do about this situation? Because I worked in early intervention and I worked, actually, I I took a year off after working in early intervention for five years. And I 
went to China and I worked in China as a primary teacher of second grade for a year, which was crazy and amazing at the same time and struggles with that. It was a private school system, came back and then I worked in the business sector. I was in accent modification for a while. I loved that. And then I worked in private school, I mean, public schools in California. And there was lots of red tape that I had with that, Um, especially because so much of my early experience and training is in medically fragile and infant and feeding support, which all of that's not supported in the school systems as it's not relevant to academic success. Um, So feeling like, how could I get back to that? And for me, it was all about connecting with parents and empowering parents and for them to feel like not only they know how to navigate all these crazy systems about special education or having a child with disability, but also just for them to feel like reconnect with the joy and to focus so much on the positive of everything their child can do. Because oftentimes in the world they live in, they're just constantly reminded of everything their child can't do. And they fall into these dark places. And so to have a way to be able to bring them up and to empower them, that was more and more the direction that I felt for creating my own company. Well, I love that. First of all, I just want to go back to what you said about burnout Mm -hmm. and lighting a fire. What Mm -hmm. a cool like juxtaposition or whatever of those two things, right? Because like in order to, when people are starting to feel burned out, right, they kind of have a choice. Do they let it continue to burn out? Do they let burnout continue to happen? Or do they relight the fire, the flame or whatever, but probably for either their own selves in their own private practice, or at least a different job or something else. Right. So that's one thing you said, which I thought was cool. The second thing was talking about the families who really wanted more and deserved more and that you want to be able to provide more for those kids and the families and everything else. What would you say are your primary populations that you really enjoy working with? My primary populations are children and families um, with severe multiple disability. Most of them are going to be either, you know, non-dominant speech communicators or very limited verbal output and or feeding support for medically fragile. And so thinking about children who are tube fed or have other means of nutrition along with oral uh, nutrition and how to advance their feeding skills. And for me, feeding is so integral because for a parent, you know, aside from breathing, which you can't really do much to support, you have to feed your child. Your child has to eat to grow. And so it's so sensitive. It's so intimate and it, it, you know, it, drives right into the heart of this is my role as a parent. And when you are not able to do that because of different medical or diagnostic complications, then that takes away so much of this essence of parenting and connection and how to reestablish that even if your child is a non-oral feeder. And so for me, the specialty or the niche support area is, is more of these 
complex medical needs and these children and their families. Well, and I love that too, because, you know, there's a place for everybody in the field, right? One of the things that's so cool about our profession is there's so many different things that you can do within it, right? And for every person who hears complex medical needs or complex communication needs, you know, feeding, whatever, and wants to run the other way, right? They're like, no, give me, you know, a kid with autism or a kid who with R's or something like that. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And then there's other people who are like, no, those are the kids that I like to help the most. Right. So how cool that you've been able to create an opportunity for yourself through your own private practice that you can, you know, not only support children and family who families who need you, but also, you know, support your own like fulfillment in your career, in your profession. So you can really feel like you're doing your best work as an SLP and not just kind of, you know, they're doing whatever the school system or whatever needs you to do. Exactly. Yeah. And what you said with that, Jenna, I think is another down the line future goal of mine is because there's very little taught around complex needs, especially when we're thinking about some more non-oral feeding or even supporting some non-verbal communicators through augmentative and alternative communication of AAC supports that we receive. I mean, really depending program to program, but it's most of the time, it's not a lot of training and experience. And it is more of a niche market and it's not as global support for entire community, but there's, I think there's some that are interested and they just don't know how to get into that unless they have a specific internship or experience with that. So I, part of my growth plan is to be able to provide trainings and supports for developing clinicians in these more specialized areas. Well, I love that too, because that's one of the ways that you're going to be able to increase not only your income, right? Because you're going to charge for these courses and or book and and whatever, um, but also your impact. Because there's only so many families that you as an individual are going to be able to serve. So if you're then able to teach clinicians, and this might be limited to SLPs, but there may be others, maybe OTs, or maybe, you know, people in other professions might also benefit from, from this information. But you'll also be able to increase your impact, right? By te- by teaching. Yes. So I think that's one of the other really cool things. And I also love how you said your growth plan. Part of my growth plan. So <laughs> what else is part of your growth plan? Oh, everything. So much. <laughs> um, I don't ever want to limit myself because I feel like opportunities. And you've said this so much. I love it when you're saying that, you know, opportunities don't go away, they go to somebody else. And so really, in order for, you know, oh, I want to write a book. Okay, well, there's steps that can be taken to to get to that. But really, it's it's taking those first steps and, and making the plan and having it happen, where just like through the program and start your own private practice, it feels at first so big and, and not for everyone, but really there's, there's steps in line of how to do it. And so for that, you know, whether it's being a keynote speaker at big conferences, you know, 
there's steps for that. How do I become more recognized within my local community and my state community and presenting at different conferences to, to make that happen? And so for me, I think that all of those are going to happen. It's just thinking about allowing the time for them to happen. Sometimes my brain jumps ahead and I'm 10 years in the future. Great. That's where I'm headed. And it gives me a good direction. So ultimately, yes, I'd love to hire and have additional clinicians that I can train and work under me to continue to support here in my local community and have training opportunities for clinicians globally or, you know, around the country, around the world in these really specialized areas. And where I see myself as my ultimate goal is to have uh, this global impact of like a sister or a partner clinic or location in China um, and return to China and to have this impact supporting uh, the medically fragile, especially in the orphan um, communities there to provide such needed support where there isn't. I love that. And dream big, right? Yeah. Dreaming yeah. Big. And then just like you said, like, I mean, part of the reason you mentioned start your private practice, right? Like everything's in, there are steps, right? When, whenever you have a goal in front of you, right? Like to get to the finish line, there are steps. So whether it's following the steps in order to start your private practice, or it's following the steps needed to have a sister program, you know, in China or be able to speak on a stage, like everything is figure outable. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. I love that. There was this one quote where, you know, they share these kids quotes of funny things kids say. And this mom had said, oh, my four-year-old says she wants to be an astronaut. And I said, oh, there's so many things you have to do to become an astronaut. You have to get good grades. You have to go to school. You have to do intensive training program and you have to, you know, get accepted into NASA. And she says, that's just four things. I love it. That is awesome. Don't you love how kids just think differently, right? And think a lot of times more simpler and have the confidence to just be like, yeah, I can do all of those things. No big deal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners, either like a lesson learned or advice that you would give to people who are like on the fence about doing this, but aren't sure yet? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me just say, you know, I'm starting out and I I know that wasn't mentioned before. And I'm, you know, I came on here and I felt a little bit nervous, of course, of I'm just starting out. And I think that taking this on and being part of the podcast right now is for me to, to talk to everybody, either in that pre development stage or just launching stage. Cause you know, I started thinking about all this in the midst of pandemic and has we all are, but then to open my own private practice in the midst of pandemic seems crazy. I opened my private practice in January of this year. I'm only a couple months in, and there are constant struggles. And I want to just emphasize that thinking about you have to start with that first step and and putting into perspective. And so sometimes we hear about people with private practices and that they've had them for five or 10 years. And so if we compare ourselves now 
of the early phases to where they were, you know, we're not getting that same comparison perspective because we don't know what our private practice is going to look like in five or 10 years from now to then compare. And so I hope I'm here to think about, to help those that are just starting out, thinking about starting and and knowing that taking it step by step learning from others, but also thinking about, okay, I think the community is great because there's so many of us that are just starting out. And I don't know about this. I don't know about this. We can reach out and to see because so we share that and have that network and community and, and support each other along the way. And that when we are now five years down the line, 10 years down the line, we can go and support those that are just starting out as well. I think that's the beauty of the community and the Start Your Private Practice Network and everything that you've created, Jenna, is amazing to encourage us along the way. You have the steps laid out and it's it's a network for us there. And so we can take advantage of that and and keep that perspective of, you know, I'm maybe just a little toddler in my company right now. Okay, I'm growing. We all have developmental phases we go through. I also love that imagery. You're like coming in hot with all of the good imagery tonight, right? (laughs) It is right. But right now, you know, you're maybe sort of in like the toddler phase or whatever, right? But you started, right? And, And you took all the steps that you needed. You got those ducks in a row and now you're off and running. And now you can decide what you want to do next, right? Where you want to go. Could be in your local area, could be internationally, right? What kinds of clients you want to treat? Do you want to hire people or not? Do you want to um, have continuing ed ed courses maybe that you teach or write a book or speak on stages, right? There's just, and there's probably like about 30 other ideas that you have that weren't part of those uh, things that I mentioned, but you have, you can go infinite number of directions and also at whatever speed you decide to do, right? So the most important thing I think is to get started and to get underway and then, you know, choose your own adventure from (laughs) there. Right. But at least get on the path. And so, you know, Serena is on the path, right. And it will be so cool to see where you end up and what your, you know, uh, paths are along the way. Yes, you're right. It's just get started and, and that everybody's paths are different. And so, so that comparing and thinking about this person did this, this way. Well, okay, that worked for that person. And if that's not feeling like that's the, what I want to do or not going to work for me, then, then what is my path and figuring that out? Cause I think that's the other beauty of our field. And like you mentioned, there's just a bazillion things that we can specialize in. And there's so many things under our SLP umbrella that we have an amazing opportunity here to, to make it truly ours. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing your story. If listeners want to get in touch with you, do you have like website or social media or that kind of thing that you can share? Yes, I do. Um, And like I mentioned, I'm just getting started. So there's not a lot out there, but I'd love for people to connect. My website is theairplanespoon.com. You can email me at my name is S-A-R-I-N-A, Serena at theairplanespoon.com. I'm also on Instagram at the airplane spoon and on Facebook as well with the airplane spoon. So I'd love for you to reach out and connect and we can make new connections and community. 
Thank you again so much for sharing your story. And listeners, please reach out to Serena. Say hi, share with her what your biggest takeaway was from the episode and stay tuned next week where we will interview another private practitioner for more inspiration and information. Don't you love Serena? I love how she talked about getting started and who she wants to serve and how she wants to serve them. And I also love how she talked about increasing her income and her impact by starting teaching, maybe writing a book, and maybe even having a sister clinic across the world. Serena is fired up to make a difference in her life and the lives of others. If this sounds like what you want, if you hear Serena's story and you think, wow, I think I can do that too. Jenna says that she's only a few steps ahead of me, but I wish I knew what those steps were. Make sure that you sign up for our free training where I go through my five-step success path for how to start a private practice. And guess what? I talk about the exact same steps that Serena and many other podcast guests have completed to get their private practices up and running. Just head over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash webinar to sign up. The free training lasts about an hour, and I promise that you'll learn more about private practice in 60 minutes than you did in graduate school. If you are burned out or heading for burnout, and instead you want to be fired up about starting your own private practice and working with your own private clients, this free training will show you the ins and outs of private practice. Again, just head over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash webinar to sign up, and it's completely free. Please remember to join us next week for more inspiration and information on how you, yes, you, can start your own private practice. See you then. I decided to invest in the Start Your Private Practice program because I honestly had no idea where to start. (laughs) And I just didn't really have the confidence or the know-how to be able to do that. So it was really nice to have a system that was all set up for me. I didn't have to reinvent the wheel or start from scratch. It was all there for me. And I was able to land a client within about the first week and a half of me going public with my private practice. So now I have 12 clients. It is such an invigorating and amazing experience. If you want help to start your speech therapy private practice, then head on over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist so that you will be notified as soon as we reopen the doors to the Start Your Private Practice system. Again, that's startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist. I cannot wait to help you start your private practice. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.